Welcome to Mugen Cast episode 15. Dimitri Williams back in the studio, not my normal recording location, but back behind the mic at least for Mugen Cast episode 15. Hope you all have been doing well since episode 14, which I think and I recorded earlier, but it came out in like April 9th ish, so it has been a little bit since my last Mugen Cast. It's, I don't know, it's so easy to get sidetracked from staying on schedule and actually recording when you're supposed to, so that's really annoying. But we are back today, a new round of creative discussion for you all, um, and some interesting things to talk about. But as usual, um, before I get into anything, I want to do kind of a recap where I've been, what I've been doing since the last episode. So one, and it's funny because I already recorded this episode, and this is why it's coming so late as well. I recorded this episode probably a week ago, maybe even more, uh, maybe even longer ago. But I was like, ah, I don't really like the way it sounds, et cetera, et cetera. So got to record again. <laughs> but recapping where I've been since episode 14. So one, I got sick, which really sucked. I think that kind of knocked me off just like my whole just vibe of doing everything. After I got sick, I got pretty sick for like a good maybe like like four days or so and I just was like about to die so I got sick um I also started watching Game of Thrones which we're going to get into a little bit later that was amazing so sickness plus Game of Thrones equals laziness to be honest that's a pretty simple equation um so I was enjoying that well not really enjoying it but taking advantage of that whole thing and just kind of relaxing for a little bit and then also school has been going limping to the finish line as I am um I think graduating like uh, like 18 days so two three weeks ish so that's around the corner and yeah other than that it's been business as usual been doing a lot of kind of random photography um since the last episode just either taking pictures on my phone going out my dslr and taking pictures also doing a lot of graduation pictures as well so that has really been fun um like going out with my friends or whatever and, and helping them out so if you need graduation pictures hit me up you already know um and yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much all I've been up to. Uh, and for today, we're kind of going to be revisiting a topic. I know I did. I th- believe me and Imani did creativity and friendship, you know, months ago, back in like well last year, back in October. But I kind of wanted wanted to revisit that from a different perspective this time around and kind of take it from a different angle. Um, after that, we're going to get into Game of Thrones talk. I am. I just started the, see, the series from the beginning, and now I am. Just as of today, um, May 1st, I am starting season six. So it's been a long journey. It has been a long journey. Winter was coming. Now winter is almost here. Crazy stuff is happening in that show. That show is amazing. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to discuss a little bit about that, what I like, what I don't like, um, the good, the bad, the ugly, et cetera, et cetera. So but before we get into that, of course, you have to get into the creative talk. So. The different angle I wanted to cover today was um, friends being, well, the, the, the angle I already covered was friends kind of not being the biggest supporters in terms of your goals overall. Now I kind of want to take it from a different angle and friends not being as inspirational or pushing you to be that next level that next level creative that you want to get to. And what I mean by that is you have those certain friends around you who don't really understand what you're doing a lot of times when it comes to, you know, whatever your whatever your art is. So if it's singing, music, poetry, photography, whatever. Um, sometimes when you pick up new passions that your friends of 
say, however many years weren't really accustomed to you doing, it's sometimes hard, I think, for them to support you the right way. Um, a lot of times they may see this as just a hobby while you see it as something a lot more serious than that, of course, you know, it create, it's kind of like create or die in my book. So I, you know, that's how serious I take it. Um, you know, of course there's varying levels, but for someone like me, um, it's, it's sometimes annoying, kind of hard to deal with when you're so pushed and driven for this one thing. Um, or this one lifestyle, this one creative lifestyle, and other people aren't exactly as supportive of that. And you can't blame them for that either. And that's that's my first point. I believe that's my first point. Yeah. <laughs> i got to check back on my notes for that. But some people just don't understand. Some people don't care. And some other, some people have other things to worry about. And you kind of have to understand that, one, the world doesn't revolve around you. And that's kind of like a, a theme me and Imani talked about of just being to being able to understand that you're not going to be the important thing or the thing that people care about, even when you think they should, people are going to do what they're going to do at the end of the day. And you kind of have to be, you kind of have to accept that, to be honest. So that's, that's kind of the first part of it that you can't really push people to understand something that they don't. You can try to, you know, try to welcome them in, try to show them what you're doing, try to explain to them why this passion means so much to you. But sometimes that message just doesn't, this just can't bridge that gap and that friendship you know might slowly wilt away which i've had kind of happen to me somewhat um and for some friends i still do have they just kind of don't understand this whole other side of you know thing i'm doing so you just kind of have to accept it in that regard and then secondly after that i think it's best not to to hold grudges to say friendships evaporate or say if the friendship just isn't the same as what it was before it's no need to kind of get angry about that. People evolve all the time. People change all the time. And you pursuing that creative lifestyle and them not understanding is just another stage of that. Um, you know, it might, not, it might not be a formal kind of breakup of a friendship, but, you know, when things aren't the same as they were at one point in time, both people know it, but sometimes neither wants to admit it. And it can kind of be, you know, a little awkward that way. But I think accepting that is a, is important and also understanding that, people are going to go their own separate way and people have different ideas of what is important and what isn't. So to anyone who might be in a situation like that, that's kind of my general advice. Um, don't hold grudges and just understand that the value system is often different between people. Um, you know, not everyone's going to like the same thing. So, and that's, and, and to be honest, that's something that was a little bit difficult for me to accept, especially when, I was, I think I was talking to Monty about this. You definitely want to go back and listen to that episode because you'll see a lot of parallels. And I think it comes together as one whole message when the two episodes are listened to, um, maybe back to back. But, and I was talking to Monty about this, that my family sometimes was not, you know, where I wanted them to be in terms of supporting. Um, you think you're, you're, you know, people who are the closest to you on this earth, you know, you think they would be the number one, but they're not a lot of times. And that's something I had to really deal with and, and understand. And I couldn't be, you know, angry or resentful towards them because of that. You just got to accept that type of thing. Um, and that goes for a lot of things, not just this whole creativity transition, but just life in general. I think those are two good lessons to, to keep in mind. Don't hold grudges and just understand people are going to do what they're going to do. Um, and also with that, I've been trying to, and this is the the other side of this, um, doesn't so much relate to what I was just talking about, but also a goal I made. And I think I talked about this actually in the last episode. Um, so this is kind of like a continuation update of where I am. So I've been trying to not focus on 
the negative, appreciating the little things. I'm appreciating where I am in life personally and not really not getting too caught up in the goals I have for the future. And it's funny, I was listening to a, um, well, I actually saw, I was scrolling through my, my timeline, I saw this random interview Jay Cole did on some show where he was talking about how he was so driven when he was younger just to have those different successes in his life, you know, get on in the rap game, buy uh, his, his mama house, you know, provide for his family, things like that. And he thinks that's success. That's what's going to, uh, that's what's going to make him feel complete. And he was always driven by that next thing, that next thing, that next thing, that next check, whatever. And then when he got there, when he kept on achieving those goals, he just realized the emptiness still remained. It wasn't, it wasn't always about the, the monetary gain he was getting or the fame or, or the successes, things like that, or how many albums he sold. It was a lot of the times it was the little things that he turned his back on that actually turned out being the most important of what actually filled that void that he was feeling inside. So Really powerful message there. J. Cole is just amazing. <laughs> if you want to hear more J. Cole appreciation, go listen to my other podcast, The Transition, also on Apple, Apple Podcasts. Uh, me and Alex, my co-host, talk all about J. Cole all the time. Um, his music, his message is just great. But I, that one really resonated with me, and seeing that also made me want to, want to include this little update in this episode. So I've been trying to appreciate the little things and kind of trying to take that J. Cole approach, um, but it definitely is hard. It definitely it's so easy to slip back into things you've been doing for years. Um, and what I've been trying to do is definitely cut down on the comparisons. That That's my that's my Achilles heel, I think, because it's so easy to just look at someone and, and automatically just compare yourself to them. So I've really been trying to cut down on that especially. But what I've been trying to do is just take more time um, to think about those little things as well. So what I mean by that is, when I'm thinking about, okay, let's say I'm comparing my photography to someone else's, um, instead of kind of spending so much mental effort and capacity and just actual time on, okay, my composition was as good, they did this better than me, et cetera, et cetera. Instead, I more look at and spend more time thinking about the the gift of photography itself, the fact that I'm able to take pictures, with how these pictures make me feel is, you know, it's it's a great honor and a privilege to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Just that whole thing right there. And I, I try to focus on those type of things more. When you kind of just eliminate the superficial uh, drivers that you may think are motivating you, you really get to break yourself down and see what your your value system is about who you are as a person and whether it's where it needs to be. So that transitions, name drop, <laughs> the other podcast, and um, into my next point. And what's also been helping me is to break down those lofty goals and see what they actually mean. You know, see what, why do I want money? Why do I want success? Why do I want power? What do I, why do I want fame? Those type of things. Um, and I think that, it's a good way to examine yourself as a person and see if your values and the things you're placing all this effort and time on really matters. Um, like I was saying in that J. Cole interview, he he did that for years, placing it on the wrong things, and he just realized that after a while, it, the pain was still there, the the emptiness was still there, whatever was still there, and he wasn't being he wasn't as fulfilled as, as he thought he was. And I think it's good to do those examinations, not after you know so many years and having to look back, but maybe every month, every few weeks, whatever, looking at if you're you're putting your goals in the right place and the goal and that the goals you're making are actually contributing to making you into the person you want to be. 
Um, and you know, that, that's, <laughs> that comes with a lot of introspection, a lot of self-analysis, things like that, um, which are hard, which take time, which take effort. Um, and, but if you take away that time and effort that you're putting towards comparing yourself and to others or not appreciating what you do have and put it towards these, um, these goals of advancement of personal growth, then it's not that bad. <laughs> you actually have more time than you might think. So that's all. That's 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 one thing I've really been trying to get in order. Are your values where they're supposed to be? Trying to get mine where they need to be, and that has proved that has definitely proved challenging. Just um, stuck in old habits type of thing. I would love to hear how uh, if you try this method. That is um, how that is how that works out for you. I'd be really curious to to see if the message of not focusing on others and more trying to break down your value system, if that's actually a good combination. So definitely leave a comment um, on this podcast or just reach out to me on the many other channels that I have. Um, and I'd, lo- I'd love to get a discussion started about that. So, And that's pretty much all I really had to talk to, talk, talk to, talk about creativity-wise. Um, trying to make sure I didn't leave out any gems. <laughs> Um, no, I think that's it. So now with that, we can move on into the Game of Thrones discussion. <sighs> it's this series. It's just, it's, it's literally, it's literally stressing me out watching this show. It's just, you get so emotionally involved and attached to these characters. It's like when they die, it feels like you really lost a friend. It's crazy. So... Let's start from the beginning. So I started Game of Thrones basically on the recommendation of my sister um, at Miss Island Girl X, Miss Island Girl XO on Instagram. Definitely go check out her page. She has a great page and her own podcast, I believe. So I started Game of Thrones on her recommendation. Um, she read the book. She watched every season up to this newest season, which just came out, season eight. She hasn't been watching it. She prefers to binge, so she'll wait until the end. But she recommended it to me saying that it's, like, life-changing. The series is crazy. It's just it's the best thing on television. So after months and months and months of just ignoring her, basically, and just being like, ah, you know, it's, it's not going to be that great, I eventually decide to dive into it, take on the task of completing seven seasons. I know I'm so brave. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and then I got into it and I was hooked from episode one. And it's so crazy that this show has been out for like almost a decade and going back to even the early, you know, 2011 episodes when this show first came out, this show looks amazing. It's like, it's crazy. I'm sorry. I just almost knocked over my, um, I think on my desk. So, but it, it looks amazing. You just look at the, the shots, the, the dynamic action scenes, um, just the way they have the the I don't it's just it's just, it's really impressive the characters the designs the outfits they're wearing it's just so well done the acting is really well done um, the dialogue it's like no conversation is really boring or or you or it gets to the point where you get tired of it and you're just like all right let's skip through some of uh, let me I'm I'm that's a lie some of them are a little bit boring but for the most part they're they're really enthralling and from that first episode man when. I don't really want to spoil it, but from that first episode, it has just been crazy. Well, now I'm thinking about it. I am going to have to spoil it because I want to talk about certain things. So if you haven't watched up to season six, you might want to turn off. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've really been enjoying it. And then going deeper into the storylines that I'm really enjoying, really enjoyed Jon Snow's, Snow's storyline until, you know, he died. 
um, that death, that one got me. That one got me. I didn't see it coming. Um, the, the civil unrest, I guess, was there, but I just didn't see it coming that he was actually going to get killed by his own brothers. Like, come on. After all the work he did, and I was talking to my, me and my sister have been having like a back and forth dialogue about, you know, different things that are going on, Game of Thrones, whatever, whatever. And whenever something crazy happens, I immediately, I call her, I'm just like, oh my goodness. Um, I called her when that happened and she was just like, yeah, all that work that he did just to get killed by his own men not the not the walkers not the wildlings not you know one of these crazy kings vying for the throne his own men that he protected so many different times but they're just so stuck in their ways they can't see past it and and the thing is there's so many so many themes and symbolism and parallelism and metaphors and all these different things going on in Game of Thrones. It's just hard to even discuss them all. But that's one that I really like, the idea of the person you trust the most often being the one to betray you and people being stuck in their ways and not willing to change. So just like the wildlings, um, to get them into the whole camp or whatever, I'm going full Game of Thrones now. So just like how Jon Snow was trying to convince them um, and they were just stuck in their ways, didn't want to go, whatever, until something terrible happened to them. And they then wanted to heed. A lot of times when you want to listen, it's too late because you weren't heeding the message how, as much as you truly should have been um, when the time was right. So, And that same thing has befallen the Night's Watch, which I really think is going to get them killed, which I'm really going to like, to be honest. So I am now rooting for the White Walkers to just come in and just wipe out Castle Black. That would just That would make my day. But I really like Jon Snow's storyline. Arya's storyline is great. Her learning to become a faceless man. She's now blind, which is just like, bruh. So <laughs> that whole thing is crazy. But I, I like her development as like just being like a huntress. Like she is ready to go. She's ready to take back her home. She's ready to become strong. It's it's really cool to see. Um, I'm trying to think. Tyrion, amazing character. Love his, I love his character message of being just like, that figure that was born into nobility but was never really part of it, you know, never really part of his family, never loved, uh, and just an outcast overall and now having to rise to the occasion and be be something, you know, be something he never thought he could be um, in this crazy, crazy world that he lives in. So I love his character. Very tragic um, occurrences that happened in season, I believe that was the end of season four for him. Um, having to kill his own father, having to kill his lover just back to back. It's just like, man. And Game of Thrones, they just, it's just so ruthless the way things happen. I mean, from the Red Wedding to Jon Snow's death to Tyrion's, um, to Tyrion's situation, it's just like, it just rips your heart out sometimes, the things that are going on to these, with these characters. Stannis killing his own daughter. It was just, oh man, it was a lot. So, really like him. Daenerys, also another great character. Love seeing her rise up since season one. She's going through it right now with these Sons of the Harpy people, which I have no idea what they even want. Um, but that's been really interesting. And one thing I, I'm paying attention to in this is the the right-hand men characters, I like to call them. So like Joras or Davos, um, Samuel Tarly. Like they've, they've just all been really good characters to see. So that's kind of the overall breakdown of Game of Thrones so far. Really great show if you haven't watched it. Got to check it out. 100%, 100%. Even with the spoilers I just put out there, still got to watch it because I still don't know what's going to happen in season six and seven. And I heard those get really crazy and eight is probably just like, my mind is going to explode. So 
that's that there. But also looking at from a, um, I guess, a macro perspective, it's just so amazing. And I was talking to a friend about this yesterday, how this show has kind of brought people together from all different walks of life, old people, young people, um, you know, people who don't like this type of um, this type of world, like this old worldly medieval type of um, setting. They're even watching the show just because it's so interesting and just the story is so well written. It's just cool how everyone's kind of coming together around this common thing. And I always like to to see this happen when the world is, uh, well, maybe not the world, but a lot of people are paying attention to one thing at the same time and everybody's experiencing it together and everybody's going through those ups and downs, those trials together as one. It's really cool to see that kind of, um, that that group mentality come into form. So that's really cool happen, watching that happen with Game of Thrones. So can't recommend the show enough. Can't recommend the show enough. I wish I had written down um, some certain themes that I wanted to discuss with that, but I, maybe it's even too early to say because it's just it's just so many things unraveling. But that one I mentioned earlier of of, of betrayal is is definitely is definitely there. Also payback always comes around karma always comes around in this series and and there's often and i love the way it's done in a parallel type of way for so quick example season one ned comes in um as the king of winterfell very honorable um or the leader of winterfell whatever very honorable Uh, a guy runs away from the night's watch but he does for good reason right it's because Crazy stuff is happening, basically. You know, people are dying all around him. He had to get out, whatever. Ned cuts his head off, right? Um, Honor bound, you have to do what you have to do. He cuts his head off at the beginning of the series, episode one. Um, You know, he's wrestling with that morally. By the end of season one, he's the one on the chopping block then because that person told the truth. He, He was honest. Ned, in contrast, when he was put in the same situation, he had been honorable his whole life. But he lied, and it didn't matter, and he still he you know he still got executed. So it just goes to show it shows a few things. One, it doesn't matter how you are leading up to you know your point of reckoning. What matters is what you do in that instant. So that person, that kid, was probably not you know the most morally upright individual. But in the that moment that he did try to change, it still didn't matter. He still died. And Ned, after being so honor bound, it's it's just. The past doesn't matter. Your prior actions don't matter. It's just doing what you have to do to survive for that instance. You, it's keeping a moral code, keeping a a track history of certain actions. It's not going to benefit you in this show, which I really think is interesting. Um, and yeah, that's Game of Thrones. I hope that that if you have if you aren't watching it, that motivates you to watch it. Um, and I'd love to, if anyone's, I doubt anyone is still in the same point in the series that I am, but I'd love to get a discussion going about what's been going on so far, what's to come. Don't spoil me or I'll be very upset. Um, but yeah, Game of Thrones talk there. Hope you enjoyed that as well. So now I'm trying to think of them if I left anything out. It's so hard to always kind of keep track of everything I want to say. Oh, anime. Got to discuss that for a, uh, a hot second. Oh, and actually, I can almost, almost complete as one of the larger points I wanted to discuss um, in this episode, which was separating the creator from the creation. I can't believe I, I forgot about that. That's crazy. I knew this episode had went by a little bit too quick. So circling back to that real quick. So the whole um, notion with this was, 
when someone creates something, so say an artist creates a painting, but it's now found out that that artist is, you know, a murderer or, or something, you know, very heinous. Can you still love the work that someone like that, someone who is a murderer, created without being attached to the person they were themselves? And so I've seen this situation coming up so often um, in today's world, especially with just all these figures that are well regarded, you know, Bill Cosby, Arquette. Well, then again, R. Kelly was kind of like known to be terrible. But with these individuals, can you remove their actions from what they created. And I was wrestling with this for a while, and I have been for a while, because in the music industry, in the rap industry, for for certain, this is always happening. Just artists that I think are cool, listening to their music, then they get in some scandal, and it comes out that they're like a terrible human being. And it's just like, well, now I can't listen to your song anymore, unfortunately. And I feel like that's my answer for myself personally, but I, I kind of want to know, um, you know what the uh, what the public opinion is about this. I don't feel like I can personally, you know, knowingly that someone goes against my moral code and the things I deem as right and wrong, and just being able to to listen to their music or um, you know support them creatively. I just I just can't see it being done because then it just subsequently feels like I'm supporting that negative thing they did as well, whether that's true or not. It's just how it feels. So I think that's really interesting. And some of the examples um, I was thinking of was 6 9 more recently. His music blew up, got super popular. Then you find out he's a jerk. He's not that great of a person, you know? So can you still bump Gunmo and um, Tati and all these, other th- all these other songs knowing that this guy is really just selfish and, and not really that great of a person? Kodak Black came on the scene um, in the XXL 2016, I believe. His song's dumped i loved i love um project baby some of these some of these well not all of it it's kind of stupid but some of them really did you'd go hard and then you find out that you know he was he was involved in sexually abusing a girl the things he came on said to nipsey nipsey hustle's wife um you know posts this r.i.p nipsey by the way i don't think I, i i said that um since it happened but you know, people like that, Chris Brown, can you go back and listen to Chris Brown's music after knowing that he's, you know, not the best person? But the counter to this now, when we're um, looking at it from the other perspective, is that who is the perfect individual, right? Everybody has skeletons in their closet. Everybody has mistakes that they make. And is it really up to you to be able to judge someone based on those mistakes? Don't you have to give them a second chance in a way? And maybe that second chance could be supporting their content, supporting the things they're doing. Um, and to help them get out of that, you know, negative space that they might be in. Maybe the creativity is their their way to be more morally upstanding than they are in their personal lives. That's you know also another way to look at it. Um, and it's it's just a tough decision that way, to be honest. Um, and you know, I've I, I think I have to hold true to to my opinion, my stance on it. But I'd love to hear you know what the rationale is for people who are on my side of the fence in terms of that you can't separate the creator from the creative or separate the creation from the creator and the people on the other side of the fence as well that um, believe that you can. I'd love to hear some, some arguments and um, some opinions on that. Cause I think it's, it's really tough. And in today's world makes the listener, you really have to do your background research because these people that you're supporting, a lot of the times they're doing things you don't even like. So you you have to look into it and, and you have to do the work to really know 
who you're supporting, is it the right person, and making sure that you aren't skipping over a ton of people who are more in line with your values and your morals as well. So it's it's, it's a hard it's a hard world out here for us content consumers, um, not even just the content creators. And now I think I covered everything. I'm looking back through my notes right now. I think I think we're good. So we're gonna call it an episode. Mugen Cast episode 15. We're going to call this one Ice and Fire. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to rate this podcast, um, comment as well. Would really appreciate some comments and, and some of the talking points that I talked uh, that I brought up in this podcast specifically. I would love to hear the opinions about that. Um, feel free to check out the Instagram, the Twitter that I never use, the YouTube channel, the blog, all those different um, creative avenues, www.forevermugen.com at Mugen.ig on Instagram and Tales of Mugen or something like that on Twitter. So make sure you check out those avenues. This has been episode 15. This has been Demetri Williams. Peace. Peace.